you nostalgic process servers. Happy New Year! Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Mickles and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. Well, I'm Nick Gunning, and guess what, Kendra? I've seen them all, everyone. You can find more about this show and others like it at our network's website, RadioMeanwhile.com. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Twitter at Here We Go Pod. Please rate, subscribe, and share this show wherever you get your podcasts. Kendra, it's a new year. You know, new year, new me, and I feel there's something that I have to be honest about. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I say I've seen them all, but Melrose Place had a spinoff called Models, Inc., which was one season... <laughs> And it has never re-aired. I think actually it re-aired on E! like in the late 90s or something. It's not on DVD. It's not on streaming. So in all honesty, I have not seen Models, Inc. You're a fraud. I know. I hope by the time we we exhaust all other 90210 properties, someone will have just tossed <laughs> that on a streaming service so we can do it. I don't understand why CBS doesn't have it because they have 90210 and Melrose Place and it was yeah. right like in the same zone. They probably just figure no one cares about Models, Inc. And they're right, but, like, <laughs> I, you know, I want to watch it. Yeah. So. And, you know, it's the about interesting to be 2021. Is, you should get to watch whatever you want to watch whenever you want to watch it. I know. You're right. You're right. Interesting thing about Models, Inc., one of the main characters who crosses over on that show to set up the spinoff is Jake Hansen from 90210, oh. who started the Melrose Place spinoff. So. Anyway, I just I just needed to come clean, you know. Yeah. Twenty twenty one, all about new starts. Yeah. And fresh, I'm fresh I'm beginnings. I'm day I'm days away from turning thirty eight, if oh, you can man. believe that. Well, I'm days just away a handful from turning of days. thirty, Nick. So. Yeah, that's. I mean, recognizing that I'm older than you, my dad gave, imparted this piece of wisdom to me on his fiftieth birthday. I was like, Dad, how do you feel? You know, like you're you're hitting fifty, and he was like, Psh, If you're not thirty, it doesn't matter. And I was like, Oh well, I guess that's. I guess that's true. Like 30 is sort of the last milestone that's like youth is gone. So anyway, uh, happy birthday, Kendrick. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for that. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Let's crack open the condor. Well, we should. But I also want to mention that this week we're discussing season four, episode nine, Otherwise Engaged. Yes. Now let's crack open the condor. condor. Yeah. Condor is committed to professional standards and professional ethics. The weak need not apply. This episode originally aired November 3rd of 1993. Birthday, uh, around this time, November 4th, Jillian Zinsler, Ivy in the CW years, turns eight. Uh, We have a couple movies that came out on November 5th. Um, I've never seen any of them. You'll have to tell me uh, if you've seen any of them. A Home of of Our Own, starring Kathy Bates. That's a no. Uh, The Remains of the Day, starring Anthony Hopkins, Emma Thompson, Christopher Reeve, Peter Vaughn, Hugh Grant. Uh, it seems like something I would have seen, but in fact, no. I've I've heard of it. Like, yeah. I know it's a famous movie, but I've never seen it. Uh, this last one, kind of weird. It's called Flesh and Bone. It's starring Dennis Quaid, Meg Ryan, Gwyneth Paltrow, and James Caan. Isn't this where the the James, uh, the uh, Dennis Quaid, Meg Ryan romance was born? Did they have a romance? Yes, they were married. They have a child. What? I didn't know yes, that. Jack- Jack Quaid, who's in 
I mean, he's in a lot of things, but he, I mean, right now he's voicing uh, one of the main characters in uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, but you'd recognize, if you saw Jack Quaid, you'd be like, oh, okay. No, and then I you'd do, instantly hold on, like, now I have to look him up because I feel like do it. I was just talking about him with my brother. Why was I talking uh-huh. about him though? Oh, he just did a, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Because yeah. he is in The Boys on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. Yes, he is. Because, yeah. and my brother is watching it too. And he was like, oh, that's Dennis Quaid's son. And I was like, of course it's done. Like, as soon as you yeah. see it, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He is. That is Dennis funny. Quaid and, and Meg Ryan's son. I did not realize that they were married. Yes. That's funny. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. I don't know. But this movie sounds intense. It's like, is Dennis Quaid like the son of a person who killed it. meg ryan's family or something oh my gosh but then they fall in love or something that sounds intense I yeah I, no i haven't so. seen it either i love james con i love james con so well, i'm I happy love to Quaid, happy to watch this so, okay parent trap you know <laughs> <laughs> of, of course parent the remake of the parent trap would be your pull for dennis quaid <laughs> I think it's actually my only poll for Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, TV-wise, on October 3rd, The Nanny premiered. Uh, this is controversial, but I don't like The Nanny. <laughs> I feel like really? everyone loves The Nanny, and I just oh. have never liked it. Wow. Okay. I think she's annoying. I mean, I know that's huh. the point, but anyway. And on October 6th, oh. The Addams Family uh, ended. The cartoon? I don't know. Must be. Must be in Must the 90s. Be. Yeah. Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan fell in love during the shooting of their second film together, DOA. So it wasn't Never it wasn't this one. one. Either. It wasn't this one. Yeah. Well, I think they were in an old 80s movie. I think they're both in inner space as well. I could be wrong about that. I don't know. Uh all right. Is that it for the condor? Yeah, let's go beyond the zip code. Okay, we can. But I I want to mention while we're still we're still in the zone of the condor, uh Every every at the end of every year, Goodreads you use Goodreads. You're a Goodreads I user, do, yes. right? Where you can chart like your book reading throughout yes, the year. Love Goodreads. They give you, they give you at the end of the year. They're like, here's all the book you read. Here's the most popular book. Here's the least popular book that you read. We both have a 90210 connection here. Would you like to share yours, Kendra? What's yeah. your most popular book? What's your most popular? My book? most popular book that I read was The Silent Patient by is it Alex McKillides who wrote that? McKillides, yeah, yeah. Oh my yep. goodness, so good. Did you read that one? No, you know, I got a, I got like a screener copy at, at the American Library Association conference, and I just never read it, and it then was, it became a huge hit. It was so good, highly. Yeah, recommend. I remember, I but remember yeah, it so well. So by most popular, it it's not like of the year. It's just like the most pop, the book that I read this year that was the that the most people have on their shelves. Yes, and it's like yep. millions of people have that on their shelf. Yeah, yeah. What was your most popular? My most popular was The Great Gatsby. Which oh. I, I honestly, I actually never read it before, and I didn't particularly like it. Well, you're dumb. Don't tell. So that's Don't tell. Oh, all okay. We can say about that. You're you like the great. You're a fan of the Great Gatsby. Yeah. Who doesn't like the Great Gatsby? <laughs> well, I didn't really enjoy you know it, what? but anyway. I had a I had a fantastic English teacher. Shout out to, to uh, Miss Russell, who will hey Miss Russell on Facebook, but she'll never listen to this podcast. Of course you are. Who uh, does she like Dennis Quaid? What would her Dennis Quaid pull be? If you had to I guess. don't know her thoughts on Dennis Quaid, but she uh, okay. she took us through Let's get her on the horn. Gatsby, and uh, she uh, she helped me understand it. So I also I think it was last year actually. Well, we did a book club on this together, but I hadn't read Catcher in the Rye before, and that I loved. Guess what? Also read. I think that that's with an amazing Russell, book. So. 
Well, and I hated yeah. it when I first started it, and then we started talking about it in class, and I was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's so. just got such a bad attitude. I can really relate to that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so our least popular book <laughs> for both of us was <laughs> uh, a 90210 book. Mine was French yes. Rivals, which only 35 other people have on their shelf. And one of those people was me. Yeah. So... <laughs> Right away, you can discount yeah. one. This was, so if, if you haven't listened to this episode, in between season what, two and three, three and four? Yeah, something like that. In between, in between seasons, uh, we did a deep dive on this novel, The French, the French, French Rival, The French Rival, yeah. which only came out in the UK. It was based on kind of a throwaway line from maybe Dylan's first episode, all about Dylan has this French girlfriend who comes back to town. Um one of only two original 90210 novels, that and what was the other one called? We also, Fantasies, Fantasies. Fantasies, yes. So we covered both of the original novels, but one of those was French Rival, which Kendra has here, which was her least popular book, uh, shelved on Goodreads. Mine, uh, part of that same series, so there's two UK books that came out. Of course, all the novelizations uh, in, in America, in the US, were by Mel Gilden, who we interviewed on the show earlier. Lawrence Crown put out two in the UK. One was called The Beginnings, which was uh, a novelization of the pilot, but it has a, an interesting prologue that's set in the, in Minnesota, like pre the move to Beverly Hills, which we read and talked about in that French Rivals. That is my least popular of 2020, and exactly no one else in the world <laughs> shelved this book. Not even Kendra, just me <laughs> in the whole world. That's so funny. Read this 90210 book. One for you the listeners um how many books did you read this year i'm a little ashamed well, mine, at my number mine is so skewed because like I, I track the books that i read to my son and i track like graphic novels That's so true. mine is mine's off the charts I, mine true. is 583 books but that includes oh my word Many, many mine things. is 27 and that's including some comic books so yeah. i feel like this pandemic I did not use uh, correctly. Though no, I did I... read a ton of books when I was stuck at home. But really, I started reading Bag of Bones in October, and I haven't mm -hmm. read anything else yeah. since. Yep. I cannot I make get it that. through that book. I get that. I, yeah, I've i talked about this like extensively over on all the books or house things, but for whatever reason, the stress of this pandemic has made it very hard for me to like sit down and like pound through novels as I normally would. It's really slowed, slowed my reading down yeah. and it's starting to be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to well, get back on the we horse. We see a light at the end of the tunnel listeners. If you're listening you're right. in the future right now, right. we're seeing a light. You're laughing yes. at us because uh, either there, there was no light or uh, yeah. there was lots of light. So <laughs> yeah. One of the two, either way. <laughs> All right. All right. But you Yes, you asked me who was beyond the zip code. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. After years of playing judgmental Jim Walsh on 90210, James Eckhouse would go on to robe up as Judge Sims for a recurring stint on the daytime soap opera Days of Our Lives. Like yeah. sands in the hourglass, Kendra. Yeah. So are the days of our lives. Probably the only soap opera I know by name. Kendra, this, there was, when I was a child, probably during this time, probably during the late 90s, I was so obsessed with Days of Our Lives and I was <laughs> not allowed to watch it. But there was this whole thing where like the, a husband like had come back from the dead and the villain had like buried alive this woman and she was like trapped under there with like a hose and a walkie talkie. I had to know what happened. I wasn't allowed to watch it. We had a big old TV that was like stored in the attic and I would plug it in and get just a little bit of signal so that I could watch Days of Our Lives surreptitiously and it and was worth happened? it did she make it out of the 
Carly eventually, Carly eventually did get out of the coffin, but it traumatized her so much that she forgot Bo and went off with her first husband, who was kind of a villain. So hey, she was alive. Soap operas, did you yes. watch that Mario Lopez KFC no. Lifetime movie? No, I haven't. Come on, that's a Nick. Real, that is a real failure on my part. Yeah, no, I will. I will watch it. Uh, it was everything you think it's going to be, and it was okay. great. So it's 15 okay. minutes long. Go look it up. 15 minutes right. worth your time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's check out the synopsis for Otherwise Engaged. Things okay. with Brenda and Stuart hit a snag when Brenda finds a prenuptial agreement in his briefcase. Jim only makes things worse for her when he asks Dylan to help Br- talk Brenda out of the marriage. Mel and Jackie's custody fight gets ugly, putting David right in the line of fire. Meanwhile, Steve agrees to a double date with Laura Kingman and realizes that John Sears is the slime bag we all knew he was. Glad it's confirmed. <laughs> also, Andrea meets the gang for coffee and is oh, never yeah, seen again. Andrea, nowhere <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, Andrea's synopsis is just she had scrambled eggs. I yeah. think that's the meat of her story here. Ooh, scrambled eggs, that sounds good. Maybe I'll have scrambled I eggs. I know it does. Lunch. Yeah, I think you should. Why not? Yeah. All right, uh, let's see who's living in Beverly Hills this week. We have director Daniel Attias, or Attias? It's lost to time. We'll never know. I don't know. Attias. All right. Written by Jennifer Flackett. We have a host of recurring players this time. We have David Gale, Ann Gillespie, Matthew Lawrence, Paul Johansson, the Peterson twins, Joe E. Tata. And I'm mentioning him because Nat is becoming more and more sporadic. So when Nat shows up. I mean, he was just a part of this, as much a part of this episode as Andrea. Yeah. So yep. Joey Tata Same was back, as was as was Scott Pollan, Ted Hayden, Robert Lee Shock, and Dinah Meyer, all returning as their characters of <gasps> Stuart, Jackie, Mel, John Steers, Aaron Silver, Nat, Cora Randall, Doctor Petty, Keith, and Lucinda. Now, here's an interesting thing: Deshaun, maybe maybe I'm forgetting this. Is Deshaun in this episode? No. Because he is credited, and I was like, no, "Unless I don't he's like so. in the background of a scene, yeah, he, there's I no just make, scenes with him." We we jump right to we jump into a scene with Brandon and Corey Randall, and Brandon's being like, "This is a waste of time. It won't work," you know, and that felt kind of jarring to me because we hadn't really seen that be a problem. So I kind of wonder if maybe there was a scene that was cut from this episode maybe. that featured Deshaun. Maybe. It kind who's, of felt like something was who's missing. Who's Doctor Petty? Doctor Petty's the poetry teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Uh, he's in. He's in. I want to say three episodes, and this is like the middle of those. Uh, speaking of three episode characters, this is the final of three appearances from Jennifer Crystal Hayden, making her final appearance as Deborah. Deborah. We have a new re- Deborah. Oh. We have a new recurring player of Tracy Middendorf as Laura. She's best known for her ro- role as Carrie Brady on Guess What? <gasps> Days of Our Lives. Like sands. <laughs> like sands in the hourglass, Kendra. <laughs> as well as recurring roles on 24, Boardwalk Empire, and Scream, the TV series. Finally, we have Tony Montero, who I didn't write this down in the doc, did a three-episode guest star as a guard on You Know What, Kendra? Get, can you guess? Melrose Place? Days of Our Lives. It's Days of Our oh, Lives, okay. correct. <laughs> but he also appeared on shows like Falcon Crest, The New Adam 12, and NYPD Blue. So uh, IMDb did mention some soundtrack things. 
the first one is The Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News. Oh, yeah. Um, I was wondering if that's like the first scene because there was definitely a music replacement when Brandon's like running to the gym. Yeah, so that totally makes sense. I was sense. wondering yeah. if that... Because it kind of sounded like that upbeat. Yeah. And the other one was How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You by Marvin Gaye. Wow. This is interesting just how much things have changed because you rarely hear songs like these today. Yeah. You know, because you're because you're, you're, you're going into it talking about, uh, um, you know, streaming rights and all that, like beyond just an initial episode. I remember the first show that really like did that with an eye to to keep them in future airings was the show Life on Mars. Did you ever watch that? Mm-mm. It was a it was a remake of a British show about a cop uh in like the present day who just wakes up in the 70s with no explanation. Mm. And every episode was just filled with music and it was a really big deal at at the time because that show was the first that was negotiating using this music with an eye to keeping them in all future airings. And that was kind of like the turning point of that. So I think that's why you hear less popular music in, in shows now. Well, but, I, uh, I've been thinking about it a lot because I just started rewatching uh, Gilmore Girls and there's a mm. lot of music in Gilmore Girls. I mean, there's mm. you know the folky stuff between scenes, but there's yeah. a lot of just like random stuff really like poppy stuff yeah like the other uh one episode they just like randomly play a macy gray song the bangles are in the wow. first season i try to uh, say yeah. goodbye and not choke that yeah. one i've never been that i hope so makes me think of the office so that's the only one i know um so anyway yeah i've been, I've been yes. thinking about that because they i mean they have so many references but they also just play random stuff yeah so. yeah okay Okay. All right, well, should we get into the episode? Yes. All right. Otherwise engaged. So the first scene I just mentioned, because I think this is where the power of love is would be playing, mm-hmm. but Brandon, like, pulls up quick to the school, and he's, like, jogging. He's trying to get to the gym, running through track meets and all yeah. sorts of stuff to get there. He gets there. Yeah, but, and you know what? He didn't need money, and he didn't need fame. No. And he didn't need a credit card to ride that train either. No, you know? he's good. Uh, so he gets to the gym right at seven, but Lucinda is not there. So he sits and pouts for a while. Doesn't work out. He does. He just sits there. No, he doesn't. He just sits there. Takes you know what's funny that, to me? Uh, takes up that machine it, so no one else can it, do He it. does. He's sitting there and he kind of like shrugs. And then we get like a, another establishing shot. And then it goes back to the clock. And I was expecting it to be like 930 or yeah. something. It was like 714. Yeah. It's like, oh, poor Brandon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this episode, I think, is the they were just like, how many sexual innuendos can we make yeah, Brandon say? Definitely, definitely. everything this he was, says it is like a double yeah. entendre of some kind. This was this was among the horniest episodes we've ever seen. <laughs> it really was. Uh, okay, so she gets there and they have like a little like you're late. Oh, I didn't know that I needed to be on time. Yeah, I was being well, clocked. My Dad always said, "Never keep a beautiful woman waiting. You can work okay, me as I, hard as you want. I I like to get I wrote, sweaty." I wrote that one down because that was downright pornographic. <laughs> but I thought when you're dealing with the fact that like he's 18 and she's what 27, something like that, oh, is, younger than you. That's all I remember. No, I think she's I think she's think like she's 27. Older? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
But I thought for Brandon's like pickup line to be like, well, my dad told me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're kind of playing into the Dennis the Menace aspect <laughs> of your relationship here, Brandon. But yes, yeah. Working so, yeah. as hard as you want. Yeah. I hope you're ready to sweat. <laughs> that is, it's, that's the start of it. It just goes, yeah. it just keeps going from there this whole oh, episode. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, that should have so... been a drinking game. The next scene is at the Walsh house. Brenda's waking up and she's all happy looking at her ring. And uh, Stuart calls while she's still laying there. And she's like, oh, I was thinking about you and the ring. And he's like, do you still like me? And she says, yes. And he says, well, then you get to meet me for lunch. There's a lot of that this episode. Like, uh, oh, you did this. So now you get to do this. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're doing that on yeah. purpose, but I don't like it. You're not a fan. You don't like it. Okay. No. So she's going to meet him. He's at a construction site that day working. So she's yeah. going to meet him there for lunch. Yeah. Downstairs, Jim and Cindy are like moping at the counter, wondering yeah. why they had children. Maybe she's pregnant. Why is she doing this? So then Brenda walks in and Jim just like point blank is like, Brenda, are you pregnant? <laughs> he just blurts it out. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they, you know, they're worried she's rushing and why do you, like, why can't you wait? And Brenda, being Brenda, is like, I know what I'm doing. I got yeah. this. I know everything. It's, it's gonna be fine. It's, it's just, it's funny because, like, Cindy's, Cindy has a weird vibe in this whole episode. But she says this line, she's like, oh, honey, your youth is calling to you. Yeah. Like, what? What is that? What is that? Like, <laughs> thank you, Donna Reed. Like, what? what is that weird, like, 1950s? <laughs> It's very strange. It was a really strange thing to say, but yeah, Brenda's I like, I know the what Donna I Reed want. Episode of Gilmore Girls. So, well, look episode? at that. All these connections. Where, uh, I don't uh, think so. Where Dean's like, I think it's, I think Donna Reed was great, and a woman should wait for a man and cook dinner, and then Rory dresses up like Donna Reed and makes him dinner. Oh, I do remember that. I do remember that. The thing is, Donna Reed was kind of a progressive show at the well, time. I mean, yes. That's what that's okay. what they come to the conclusion at the oh, end. Oh, good. She's okay. like, I looked it up, right. and actually she was an executive producer on the show. Yeah. She was like, yeah. cool. So, but anyway. even Donna Reed, even Donna Reed in the show, like playing the housewife, she she very often would kind of turn that on its head where it was mm -hmm. kind of like, you got the sense that she was like, oh, look at me. I'm a housewife, really just to kind of... I don't yeah. know, mess with them, I guess, yeah. you know. It's an For a hot show. second, rewatching it, I was like, Dean's not that bad. And then very oh, quickly, no. I was like, he's oh, bad. no. Dean's I bad. He's the worst. I Dean's forgot bad. he's the worst. All right. This he isn't a Gilmore Girls podcast. <laughs> it's been done. <laughs> uh, okay. So next scene is at on campus. And I wrote Brenda, but it's not Brenda. It's Lucinda and Brandon are walk. They're post working out, sweating yes. together. And mm -hmm. he hard. thinks that she uh, is not stuffy enough to be like an anthropologist and, a, you know, yeah. academic mm -hmm. type. Mm -hmm. She then invites him over for for dinner. Yes. And they have this whole thing about like she's studying the aboriginals and he's she's a big believer in body language. And he's like, well, I'm yeah. fluent in aborigine. <laughs> Which seems seems offensive, but, yeah, it does. but that's fine. Use it for your sex banter. The funny thing about him saying that she seems too stuffy to be, in, or she doesn't seem stuffy enough to be an academic, she seems exclusively stuffy to yeah. me. Like everything she says is like, well, actually in Ethiopia, you know, it's like, okay. <laughs> All right, Lucinda. Okay. 
Next scene is at the Peach Pit. Nat and Andrea's only scene in this episode. Yeah. Um, Kelly, yeah. Do you, they're admiring I'm sorry, ring. just a real, a real quick question about Nat and Andrea. Do you remember the time that they fully kissed on the mouth? I do, yes. It's okay, that wasn't here, but it did happen. Seared All in right. my memory. Yeah, I think Gabrielle Carteris is actually older than Joey yeah. Tata, so it... <laughs> It all works out. <laughs> they are admiring Brenda's ring, and Kelly's like, it's not a ring, it's a rock. And yeah. Nat is like, if you guys ever want to buy a diner, that's not how he talks, but that's yeah. what he says. But yeah, the, you, I think you captured his essence. It yeah. wasn't an impression, but we all got it. Yeah. Kelly and Donna then both talk about how they thought the other would be the first person to get engaged. And then yes. they start talking about John and... Kelly's like, I'm taking it slow, and John's cool with it. He understands that I just got out of a relationship, and we're cool. Two things I like about this scene. One, I like that Kelly is the one who is most vocally skeptic about Brenda getting married, because like she has been through these, like, we're in love, we're going to get married situations with her mom, like, over and over again. So I just thought that was a nice piece of continuity, that Kelly's the one that's like, mm, <laughs> you don't want to end up doing crack in a bathroom yeah. at a fashion show. Yeah. So just pump the brakes. And I also thought it was funny that uh, they they were like, well, when do your parents want you to get married? And Brenda's like, if it's up to them, it would be in 2016. <laughs> Which, you know, was five years ago at this point. Yeah. It's kind of funny. That that was her futuristic uh, Only five timeline. years ago feels like only five. 50 years ago. Does, um, okay, yes. so Keg House. Steve yes. comes in and he's getting some, you know, ribbing because he missed a gamma party. And they uh the, whoever this guy is he's talking to that we see that, i think that's keith oh keith i think that's okay. keith yeah. so keith says like oh and john this girl was all over him and he's hanging with her while he's waiting on kelly to make up her mind Ugh. Ugh. and so he's trying to get steve to double date with him and this girl and the girl's friend because yes. the friend wants to go out with a keg guy Yes. So they're volunteering Steve. Um, uh-huh. And he is like, oh, Celeste won't like that. Like, I'm with Celeste. And they, you know, rib him about it. And they make it yeah. like a pledge assignment. Oh, yeah. you need to do yeah. th- you need to do this because you're a pledge. And right. they're disgusting talking about the whole thing. Oh, my but gosh. Steve, yes, they really were. Steve eventually is like, okay, fine. Yeah. So he's going to go on this date with this girl. I just always hate oh, these yeah. scenes where it's like a group of guys just being like, oh, she's so easy. Like, you can do anything you want. I hate those. Yeah. And I have to say, I have never experienced that. <laughs> I've never, like, I haven't. I've never, like, in college, not high school, never have I been in a group of guys being like, oh, man, I can't wait to take her clothes off. Never. Yeah. Never. <laughs> so I just want to say, <laughs> I am not a part of this, all right? <laughs> Nick, uh, it's fun because I there's a mirror behind you and I keep seeing a cat pop up in the mirror. Oh yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. I do, I do have cats. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jim's office. Dylan is there uh, signing some papers. He is left-handed. Have we been over this? Mm. He was. Signing I don't know. With his left hand. I'll make a note of it. My wife is left-handed. Yeah. Hillary Gunning of the I previously keep, on X Men podcast. I keep forgetting that that she's left-handed. Yeah, she is. Yep. Okay, Can't so... use scissors to save her life, poor thing. <laughs> so 
So Dylan's talking about how he's going to go to Baja for the weekend. And don't worry, he's, I'm not taking Brenda with me this time. <laughs> and Jim is I like, did like well, the callback. Yeah, I did like the callback. I did like that. Jim's like, well, actually, I kind of wish you would. And by the way, would you talk to her about Stuart? Because I feel like she'll listen to you. <laughs> this is both completely in character and completely inappropriate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, their relationship is never yeah appropriate so no 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 rarely rarely yeah, is it. so dylan at first is like i don't want to get into it but jim can tell that he doesn't think it's a good idea he says that yes, Stuart's yes. no choir boy but he won't yeah. elaborate why won't he just say i don't he know knows about Stuart? i don't know i just feel like as as a good friend like if you know that there's specific things that she should be aware of i do think that dylan should go to her and be like look people change i don't know him now but this was my experience so you might just want to get to the bottom of that you know i don't think there's anything wrong with doing that you know well that's not what he does which we'll get to later no. he goes oh about it in a very no, different no. way but there's a lot of being bad friends in this episode i there feel. is and you know I really don't like, and I'm glad that they, I'm glad that Brenda really calls them out on it eventually, but I, we've been down this road before of Jim and Dylan sort of, I don't know, just like planning. Yeah. yeah, Just kind of planning Brenda's life and being like, well, here's how we can manipulate Brenda to do what we want. You know, I, I don't like it. Yep. Okay. So at the park, Jackie and Kelly are at the park with Aaron and Kelly's hair on point and she has Agreed. great hair but i don't know what it was this time it just looks really great the whole episode yeah i agree so, i thought that um so sh- jackie breaks this news that she and her lawyer are now fighting for full custody of aaron because of yeah. what mel did going to cabo with his girlfriend leaving aaron behind with david and all that stuff so she says like don't be surprised if things get tense with david in the house um, and she says that, uh, her ex-husband used to say hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst. Yeah. Kelly seems to think, uh, it'll be okay. But yeah, I feel like Jackie doesn't say like, by the way, he's going to be deposed and yeah. Yeah. Into well, right in the middle of this. That's the thing. I was like, I'm glad that she's telling Kelly, but then I was also kind of surprised that she didn't have a conversation with David because yeah. I feel like. She really She's like, was. You know, I love David. I'm like, well, yes. why don't you talk, be upfront with him? Exactly. Jackie has been David's like de facto parent. I mean, he lived with them. He didn't even live with Mel. You know, like she really took on a responsibility there that I think that she's not living up to by not going to David and being like, look, you know, I think that's I think that's real lame. Yeah, I agree. So cut to Kelly Donna David's house and. Donna answers the door. It's some guy named Jerry there to see David. Jerry. And he does the classic thing where they trick you into coming to the door and uh-huh. saying your name. Uh-huh. And then he yep. hands him a subpoena to be deposed. Yep. Uh, which sucks. Yeah, definitely. I've never had to do it definitely. before. You know who did? Michael in who? the office. Oh, yes. That's a good episode. Uh, then we get a quick little scene at the construction site. Brenda comes to see Stuart, and he and Ooh. the manager, Maury, are fighting. Maury. Maury, who did a three-episode stint as a guard on, guess what show, Kendra? Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives. Yes, yeah. you got it. <laughs> and Stuart's, like, yelling at him, and then Maury just, like, gives it right back to him. He's like, I'm not going to be bossed around by yeah. you. 
Your dad yeah. can come down here and tell me if he wants. And then Stuart kind of, I don't know. I feel like he like backs down. He's like, all right, I, think he I didn't think out. you'd yell at me. <laughs> I think he really wusses out. He, he yeah. doesn't really try to, I mean, he still tells him to like submit a new budget, but I don't know. I don't think he should have taken that, yeah, honestly. I don't think so either. There's many instances with Stuart where it's very unclear to me what the scene is supposed to be telling us about him. Mm-hmm. Because I left that feeling like Stuart was weak. Yeah. If and I, I don't was Brenda, really... I feel like I would be like, oh, that didn't make Stuart look good. <laughs> no, no. I think it I think it really and then and then I feel like when when Stuart later, a little bit later, sorry to jump ahead, but when they're having the conversation about it and he's like, Well, I get to go back to my mansion and this guy's gotta go back to his rat hole house he can't afford. So have a little perspective. And Brenda acts like that's a good thing, but yeah. it seems to me like he was he was really like weak in his job, like in his official capacity. And then his defense of that was to just be really condescending yeah, about condescending. this man's entire existence. So yeah. it's like, but both of those things, I think were supposed to be presented in a good way. Right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, I'm not sure either. That's the thing. I don't understand, but I think Brenda certainly takes both of them as yeah, a positive. I think she does too. So I'm just, I'm not really sure what we're going for there, but I didn't think either one of these was a good look on old Stu. Agreed. Next scene is at the uh, lawyer's office where Mel is like yelling at David. The living worst. Oh my word. He yells at him so much. And David's like, I don't want to lie about what happened. And they're like, you don't have to lie. You need to tell the truth, but you don't need to go into the fever and you don't need to go into why they got divorced and you know, the babysitter not showing up. You just need to, we need to make it look like you are a responsible person who could have taken care of Aaron. And that's why Mel left him. This is kind of a weird, this is kind of a weird thing to me because I sort of feel like what Mel did was like not super responsible, but I also feel like spending a night away while your child is with like an adult relative is maybe not something that you go to court over. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I don't know. It just, it, to me, it didn't seem like, yes, Mel's a jerk, but I didn't think the actual event was a huge, huge deal. I guess where my problem was, was the way, the way Mel treated David and the way basically he was like, listen to me, you have to lie for daddy. You lie for daddy. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't like that at all, but the incident I felt like was kind of like, Okay. We've seen several times him pawning Aaron off on David. So, That's true. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I mean, and she was sick. I think that was part of it, too. Like, Mel left yeah. her when she was sick. Is she supposed to have right. been sick when she was with Mel and he, like, knew and left Well, her I don't anyway? know because David, David truly didn't know. Yeah. You know, and like, he's not an idiot. I would think he would be able to tell if she was sick. So I sort of, that's the thing. I sort of got the impression that she was like getting sick and maybe Mel didn't notice, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, it is, it is lame if he's only having like weekends and he's like leaving her every weekend. I mean, that's stupid. Yeah. But the way, the way it devolves, I guess, was just kind of like, whoa, okay. Next scene. So, uh, sorry. So David, David's like, I'll do my best. But Mel is like, you're going to do this and you're going to say the right things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really yeah. a lot of pressure. Yes. Next scene is at Professor Randall's office. 
Brandon is saying it's not working with Deshaun. He like we never study. He's always at the gym. Yeah. He won't, you know. And Professor Randall's like, well, you gotta come up with a different way to to help yeah. him. And he is off to San Diego for something sport related because he's not a sports teacher. Uh-huh. He's a sociology teacher, no. but he does a lot of he's sports a, things. Yes. He is a sociology teacher, as we've learned. He offers Brandon some tickets to the Mighty Ducks. To the Mighty Ducks, yes, but Brandon pretty exciting. Them down. He to, does. The uh, Mighty Ducks uh, formed as a team in uh, 1993, so they were a brand new team at this point. Oh, cool. Would you like to hear a, a weird brag? I would. I once attended a screening of Emilio Estevez's film, The Public. At the American Library Association yes, conference, and Emilio Estevez was there. Yeah, and he answered questions, and some of the questions were like really snotty, and it was kind of embarrassing. I hate it when people do that. He it was makes showing the it because room yeah, awkward. The public is about a public library where a group of people with nowhere to go, there's like a big cold snap, and so they basically occupy the library and refuse to leave. Okay. That's what it's all about. And so he was kind of showing it to this group of librarians from across the country, just being like, what do you think? Like, are we, is this looking like he was kind of looking for feedback? Like, am I correctly representing like your experience? And people would raise their hands and be like, um, you kept talking about how cold it was out there, but I didn't see any breath coming out of people's mouths. It was a very embarrassing room to be in. My word. That is super annoying. Yes. And. To tie it into Gilmore Girls, Emilio Estevez and Lauren Graham are going to be in a new Mighty Ducks series for Disney Plus. I saw that actually. So That's fun. if you want to do if you want to do that podcast, Kendra, I am available for All right. that. All right. Okay. I'll keep All that right. in mind. Yes. So then we have another uh, innuendo where Brandon's like, "I have other <laughs> indoor activities planned," and Professor Randall is like, "Well, score and score often is my motto." Yeah. Yeah. Per- a lot of pervy people on this campus, yeah. as we're learning. Yeah, so Steve, in the next scene, goes to this dance studio. He's looking for the girl whose name I can't remember. Laura? Lauren? What's her Laura. name? Laura. Laura. Laura Kingman. Yep. Yeah, and she's dancing. I don't know what kind of dancing it is. It's almost... Yeah. It's like a mix of dances. But uh-huh. Steve is into it as he's watching her. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and then he you know makes his presence known they have some introductions she thinks he's there to use the room so she's like trying to hurry out then he introduces himself and she's like oh i'm so disgusting and you're a ken guy yeah and he's like yeah. nope he's he's good with it you look and, fine uh, yeah he's, he's all fine yeah and she's like look you don't have to go out on a blind date with me if you don't want to and he's like well we just met it's not a blind date anymore now we know each other. This is, I mean, no surprise, but this is a really gross look for Steve, considering, like, how serious he and Celeste are, know. you know? It's disgusting. It is. It's almost like the keg house was a yeah. bad idea. Yeah, a real bad idea, it seems like. Yep. Although, in their defense, their talk was not nearly as pervy as Brandon and Lucinda. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you know. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Then we get a quick scene between Kelly and David. Dylan is looking for Brenda to talk to her. And Kelly is like, maybe you should just let her be and let her be yeah. happy because it's not any of your business. And then no, she... no, no, David, just Kelly, Kelly Dylan. What did I say? You said, well, you said Kelly and David. Oh, I meant, sorry. I meant yeah, Kelly no, I'm, and Dylan. I just, yes. Okay. I'm with you now. Yes. And this, this was a funny scene because, uh, um, Kelly was like, oh, a little jealous. And Dylan's just like, wrong. (laughs) It's really funny. Yeah. 
And she's like, well, you can't help who you fall in love with. Kind of making a, you know, making yeah. a comment yeah. about like her and him. Or yeah. Like that. I, I guess. I wasn't really sure I what she was going was. for with that. But... I thought okay. it All right. All right. Next scene is, this is the scene you were just mentioning, back at the construction site. They're eating yeah. lunch in the back yes. of his a car, just like the tailgate. Yeah. And he apologizes for this, the whole fight. And then he does this whole condescending speech about, like, yeah. man, he has to go home to his wife and kids yeah. and his mortgage. Yeah. And his yeah. little house in the valley. And I was like, that, that he can barely like afford. what most people... <laughs> would like i don't know Sounds also good. also i just i just want to point out this man is the foreman of a major major yeah. construction project yeah. you know he's what i mean I, okay i feel like he's probably yeah he's, he's probably all right and then he says well since you finished your chicken salad you get dessert yeah dessert is making out in a hotel room why didn't they yeah. eat in the hotel room good question why did they eat yeah, that in a is... dusty hotel uh construction site in the back of a truck why did they joke about that maybe the chicken sandwich was liverwurst kendra there's no answer to these <laughs> questions you know so they're making out in this hotel room and sure are um he says that he got the room for a month so she yeah. can come there whenever it she wants be, they can hang it out can there be their love nest yeah. can be her fort whatever yep so, so she, she decides she must she must write down her married name. Yeah, she this must. is kind of a contrived way to get her into his briefcase. Very much so. Very <laughs> much so. Because it looks like the uh, like dealer no nuclear deal, football. The cases they uh, <laughs> yes, they yes. open on dealer no deal. Yes, it does. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so she's like, I have to write down my new name. So she yeah. goes in his briefcase to get a pen, and she finds a prenup. Did he want her to find the prenup? No, That's my I don't think so. You don't think, think so? You don't think it goes no. a little trap? Okay. I think he uh I think he didn't even think about it. Okay. Okay. So he says it was his dad's idea and she's she's very upset. She's calling, you know, she didn't realize marriage yeah. was a business deal to him and Yeah, I get that. And uh she tries to storm out and he tries, you know, to get her to stay and she's like, Well, I'm not hearing you say I don't have to sign it and he has no answer. Mm -hmm to that so she leaves no. i have mixed feelings about this kendra what do you think about the prenup i think it's not surprising given yeah. how wealthy his family is um yes. i don't know i i understand that she's offended i would be offended yeah. if i was going to marry someone and he came to me with a I, prenup i think it's just all about I just think it's all about the conversation. I think if it would have been like broached in a different way of like, look, you know, the lawyers, my parents, like everybody's insisting that we do this. It would be simpler if we just did this. We know it doesn't matter. But I think it was kind of she felt ambushed by it. Yeah. And it there was just no way to kind of go back from the surprise of it. So, yeah. 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 I think there's a world in which he could have approached her and she would have been chill about it is what I'm trying yeah, to get I at. Mean, I understand the family needing to safeguard yeah. their stuff yeah i mean they yeah. don't know brenda very well she could marry him divorce him and then try and take all his stuff yeah but i yeah. get that she thinks it's like him not trusting her yeah so yeah all right next scene is at the walsh house and brandon's getting ready for his date and brenda comes in all sad and tells him about the prenup and she's like i thought he actually loved me and 
this is going to be the shortest engagement in history. And Brandon is like, well, maybe that's, maybe that's okay. Right. Right. You guys don't get married. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't know him very well. Right. And, uh, you know, take some time maybe. So Brandon... I thought it was solid, solid big brothering that Brandon offered to cancel his date and yes. stay with her. Yes, I thought that was very, very nice. The date. But she says, no, she's going to go to a poetry reading on campus. Oh, Ooh-hoo. she does love poetry. Sometimes. Yeah. Yes. When the plot requires it, she loves poetry. Yes. Uh, another short scene at Kelly, Don and David's where David comes home and tells Kelly that he he's been deposed and. Then he and Kelly kind of get into this fight about, well, it was your dad who started it. What? It was your mom who did this, this, and this. And Donna comes in and tries to break up the fight again. Just to clarify, this is solely Mel's fault. Yeah. Just just want to get that out there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> just so we're clear. Yep. At Lucinda's house, Brandon oh is making salad. She sure is. She's talking about like the amenities that she doesn't have when she's on location or whatever. And she yeah. she says Quiznart? Is that how you say that? I've oh, always that's pronounced not how I it Quiznart. You know I the don't brand think that's right I'm either. talking about? I do. I guess I guess I would go with her pronunciation over yours. Well, I've never said it. I guess I've heard like Quiznart, that sort of thing. I don't think it's cuisine art. I don't know. Sure. Listeners, <laughs> tell us. She Here said we go, it, pod. and I was like, is that how you say it? Because I've been saying it wrong my whole life. Huh. So then well, she, like, feeds him some her. food, which leads to some kissing, which leads to him We're being like, up. oh, I like it hot. Or she says it, I don't know. How's this food? Mm-hmm. I like it hot. And he says, no matter how many hors d'oeuvres I sample, I always want more. And then she yeah, says, I've prepared like a Guatemalan feast for you, and that's him. just my cooking. Yeah. Some steamy stuff. Yeah, steamy. Then we find out, in a twist, that Lucinda uh, is married. Yes. So yep. he's looking she, at not all... a problem for her. No, she doesn't care. No, she's fine. Haven't we been in this situation before, where we find out oh. that someone is married? Huh. I really was it Steve? Was Steve dating a married? I can't remember. I I'm... no, I do. Uh, yeah, I do think you're right. I can't remember either. All right. Well, they're like looking at, she has like a bunch of like masks on the yeah. wall and he's yeah. admiring them and he's, and she's like, oh yeah, my husband and I have been collecting those. And he's like, yeah. oh, okay. So then she's like, I don't want to talk about this. And Brandon's yeah. like, okay, <laughs> let's eat. Yeah, he's fine with it. He's fine with it. Yep. Yep. At the she, I mean, he kind of he presses her a little, you know. He's he's like, "How long have you been divorced?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm not divorced." And he's like, "So you guys just have an arrangement?" And she's like, "He doesn't ask, and I don't tell." And apparently, that's enough for Brandon. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's got a Guatemalan feast ahead of him. You know, yeah. what's he gonna do? Leave? Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, the least he can do is eat the food that she's just eat the dinner. <laughs> she's. <laughs> He chopped all the vegetables. Let yeah. the man eat the dinner. Jeez. <laughs> At the poetry reading, Dylan is reading a very romantic poem that is clearly about him and Brenda. About <laughs> Brenda, yes. You, we were two seeds lying in the grass, and as I don't know. soon as this started, as soon as we do like a close up of of Dylan doing like slam poetry with college students around, I was like, 
is it too late to go back to the guns? Can we just, I feel like if I had to choose. So the guns you know, are just over. We're just done with the gun thing? That's what we're led to believe. All right. Though I don't remember that coast, that drive up to the coast to toss the gun in the ocean That's either. True. So That's true. Maybe that was deleted like the scene with Deshaun. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know these things. We don't notice. So after the the reading, th- Dylan and Brenda are talking, and he's like, "Oh, I found that poem last night. It reminds me of you." And they, smooth, yeah. They decide to get coffee. They um, have a funny little moment there, though, that to me felt like it was improv, where uh, they're kind of standing there looking at each other, and Brenda kind of like tosses up her arms in a shrug, and Dylan tosses his arms up in a shrug, and then they were like, "Let's get coffee." Yeah. <laughs> it was. It felt very real to me i felt like a very relatable like these are two exes sort of being like we we know each other very well (laughs) hello you know i liked it i felt very real yeah next scene is at the keg house they are back from their dates steve and keith yeah the girls Uh uh-huh the girls go to the bathroom together and we learn from keith that john is otherwise engaged with beth and even different Another girl, girl from the one he was different with girl. the other night. And his bedroom is available should Steve want it. Should he need it, yes. Now, when when they're all talking, they're like, where'd you find this girl? Steve says in front of her, oh, I just called one of those 1-900 numbers. <laughs> yeah, and they're all like, oh, you. Like, we all have a good laugh. Yes, she's a phone prostitute. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I was like, she should definitely be offended by that. This is when you leave, Laura. This is when you leave and go practice your hodgepodge dance. Yeah. Okay, so he's like, I'm not going to need the bedroom. I'm dating some, I'm dating Celeste. Yes. Yeah. So then Laura comes out of the bathroom and makes a comment about how gross the bathrooms were. And he is like, do you want a beer before I drive you home? And she's like, oh, why? Do you have an early class or something? Like, she wants to keep hanging out. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he, he we just get a big, like, the Grinch smile from yeah. Steve and then the, the scene. Yeah. Back at Lucinda's place. Oh, no, sorry. Coffee first between yes. Dylan and Brenda. Dylan. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't this know what he was a, thinking here. This is a oof. This is a swing and a miss. He's trying to talk to her about, like, I don't think you should marry him. And then he says, if you marry this guy, then you and I will never have another chance. Yes. So Which did he just very, say that? I don't know. Is that made up? He was just saying I don't that know. to try and entice her away from Stuart? I don't. I mean, I think part, probably in the back of his mind, he has Brenda like has his plan B. Yeah. But I don't really feel like that was a genuine play for her. I don't think if she would have been like, you know what? I'm leaving Stuart. You and I are going to run off and get married. I think he would have been like, whoa, you know, I don't think he would have been for it. But it is a weird, it is a weird flex for him to be like, maybe we'll get back together. I didn't get it. Here's the thing about it, though. At first, I was like, why would Dylan do this for Jim? But then it also, I do kind of get that because Dylan is all about like wishing he had parents and having weird, unresolved feelings about getting his dad's approval. And so like Jim is kind of in that position for him. So I guess I kind of get that he would go along with Jim's weird plan, even though it's a terrible idea. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I understand Jim asking Dylan to do this. I think Dylan did not execute it well. I think he no. could have just talked to her like friends and it would have been fine. Yes. I mean, I I believe that Jim would, would ask Dylan to do it. I don't think it was the right move on Jim's part at all. Mm. Well, I mean, we've talked many times before about yes. how he and yes. Dylan just right. like to plan Brenda's yeah. life for her. Yeah. So then he's like, I'd, I'd say anything to get you not to marry this guy. And I'm like, why don't you say why you don't like him? Or what exactly. you know about him? Exactly. Yes. Did he kill Just a man? Just be like, that's important Stuart, information. Stuart's a crackhead yeah. with, uh, <laughs> you know, lots of gambling problems. Yeah, he he killed a man at a Chevron station in 1992. You know, just whatever it is, just yeah. out with it. Yeah. So Brenda f- figures out that Jim put him up to it, and she gets very mad and storms off. Ooh, she mad. She's very mad. She's Rightfully mad. so, and I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad she's as mad as she is. She should be. Yeah. Back at Lucinda's, they're done with dinner and they are they're kissing on the couch. Yeah. And she suggests they go to the bedroom. Brandon says bedrooms, he's always thought bedrooms were overrated. And she's like, let's get naked right here. And folks, that is a direct quote. That's not Kendra's not rephrasing this it at was, all. This is the what the word Lucinda naked says to was him. a little let's I mean, I know naked. they were talking about naked doing a cannonball into the pool with Andrea the other day. Yeah. But this did yeah. feel like we don't normally talk this right. way on this it show. It was a little graphic. It was yeah. a little graphic. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You're right. So then Brandon knocks over a drink and... A huge glass of wine. Yeah. A, a Cougar Town worthy glass of wine. <laughs> Just Brandon karate kick I get that as he tries to pull this. because I've seen... Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, well, good. So, yeah. So he's trying to clean it up. It was like a photo album that he spilled. It uh-huh. So he yeah. opens the photo album. And we learn, and I was very surprised, that she is married to Professor Randall. They threaded that needle well. I mean, obviously, I knew that this was coming, but, like, the little hints here and there, I felt like they did a really nice job with that. Well, I was very surprised. I yes, it is. Was, it, it is shocking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's like, you don't understand. Like, we're, like, I talk to him every single day. Yeah. Like, well, because her first reaction is like, he's got a million students. It's a huge class. Who cares if you're like one, in, you know, one of a hundred in a room? And Brandon's like, oh, oh, oh no, 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 no. Yeah. We almost saw the mighty ducks. Yeah. That's how close we are. Yeah. Uh, so she says that when she sees the picture of them together in the album, she she can hear him saying, I have my life and she has hers. I just want my wife to be happy. And Brandon's yeah. like, well, I hear him saying, you touched my wife. I'm going to flank you, pal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she, he's trying to leave. She's calling him a silly kid for leaving. And he's like, no, a silly little kid would stay. I, you know what? In that moment, I, I thought that was kind of a good power that was line a good for line. Brandon. Yeah. It was Bye. a good look. Finally. Yeah, yeah. It was a good look for him. At the Walsh house, Brenda comes in. Woo! Like a, like, I don't know. Yes. Firecracker. Yes. And she's crying. She she's ready. very upset. Yeah. She's like, you yeah, claim to like love me, ball. dad. How yeah. can you love me and do this to me? She's yeah. very, very upset. She's like, I can't even trust my own parents. Were you, did you at all keep an eye on Cindy during this scene? Um, I because mean, when it comes out, 
when it comes out that Jim, because because Brenda Brenda says, what did you have to say to Dylan to get him to throw himself at me like that? You know, and Jim's like, oh, I did talk to him. And Cindy, like Carol Potter, gives him this look that is like the devil eye. I mean, she's <laughs> like, you stupid balding man. Like in the rest of the scene, she is just locked onto Jim, just like furious. Yeah. And I really, I always appreciate these little silent touches. And I thought she did a really nice job in that scene of trying to sort of be like, you know, we're you, we, we are parents, we are united, you know, and she's not going to like call them on the carpet in front of her, but you can tell that mama is mad. Yeah. Well, this was one Jim, of those things where I, thought, I was frustrated that Jim didn't say more because he did not ask Dylan to pretend to want to get back no. together with her. And no, that's what Brenda's saying. And I, I wish he had been like, I don't know what he said to you, but I didn't tell him to do that. No, but I, I do think that Jim was kind of saying, just play on your relationship, play on your history together. Because mm-hmm. Dylan's like, she doesn't care what I think. And, and Jim's like, oh, no, 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 no. She definitely does. So I don't think he expressly said that. But I also don't think that he would really mind so much that that was Dylan's approach. Yeah. So what happens is Brenda's like, I'm I'm moving out. She's like I'm packing yeah, my she's stuff. Gone. I'm moving out. I'm gone. Going to the love nest. She yeah. doesn't tell him about the no, love nest. No, she doesn't tell him she's... where she's going. So the next day, they're on the phone with Larry. He's really concerned. They don't know where she is. Dylan's there and he feels responsible. Stuart, Stuart doesn't even know. Stuart no, doesn't even know. Stuart doesn't know where she is. Um, Dylan feels responsible, but Jim is like, no, I sh- it's my fault. And Brandon's like, look, yeah. we're twins. She's fine. I have this, you know. Yeah. I just know. Yeah. She's okay. Yeah, Brandon. Brandon's point is she wouldn't have just gone off into the dark. She only would have gone if she had a place to go. So just assume she's there, yeah. you know. And then we find that she's at the hotel. We see her at the hotel. Yes. She's looking at the prenup. And she she calls. Did you think it was funny how she said concierge? Because she said it very strangely. She did oh, not, I didn't notice she it. She did not pronounce it right. Oh. I can't even t- I can't even do how she did it. Well, now I'm sad I missed it. Maybe laugh, but she is asking if there's a notary available. Oh. Next scene is at the keg house. Apparently, Steve put John's bedroom to good use. So apparently, yes. That means he slept with Laura. Is that what we're supposed but to? But it's very like he clearly. I is he just guilty? Like Steve is very. He's weird about it. I I found him to be weird about it. Yeah. But it's not a high five kind of situation. Think that he slept with her. Well, I think we're supposed to at least be suspicious of that fact. Yes, I don't think, I think they have a reason for not, for Steve not being real forthright about it. So I guess we'll have to see how that plays out. So he's talking with John Sears about this, and then John is being disgusting and is like, "Oh, yeah. I'm with this other girl," and. Steve's like, how many, what does he say? He's like, how many girls can you juggle? And he's like, as many as I, as many as I can. Yeah. He's like, well, what about Kelly? Steve is a bad friend here because Steve should be telling Kelly. I wrote that down exactly. He he should should be be telling Kelly. Yes. By the way, Kelly, he's dating entire sorority houses. A hundred women at once. Yes. Yep. So, but then John turns it on him and is like, hey. Yeah. I, I hear you. You were just doing the guy a favor, but I hope Celeste sees it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely kind of a blackmail situation. Like, I've got dirt on you. So if you want to go tell Kelly, then 
you know, yeah. look out, which I would argue Steve should still do, but. Yeah, agreed. But he probably also shouldn't have slept with a girl when he has a serious girlfriend. Yeah. So. Yep. At the deposition, the lawyer is grilling David. Uh, did, did Mel leave a number? Uh, did you know she had a fever? And he kind of kind of slips up i guess by saying he didn't realize that she had a fever until jackie told him oh she has a fever yeah. and so yes. then the lawyer turns that into well you're not you know trained to be yeah. like a babysitter so maybe mel shouldn't right. have left aaron with you because you don't know what you're yeah. doing kind of thing then she brings up the infidelity and why did why did mel and jackie get divorced and yep you know then mel and just uh he can't can't handle this line of no he has a couple of outbursts as the at the at jackie's lawyer being like you know why why does this matter why are you going after all this stuff and david is really struggling because like all of this is obvious all of this is obvious that mel is like a cheating slime ball and so david's in this position to kind of be like oh um i don't know uh maybe you know and so he's really sweating it yeah and finally the lawyer asks did your mother have a nervous breakdown because of your father's infidelity and this yes. is where mel he just goes off yes he does he flies like off yelling at david Definitely. he's like you tell her you will not take my child from me tell her david and he's like what a great father i was and how i was there for you yeah mm -hmm. and david's response is yes my mother had a nervous breakdown because of my father's infidelity yeah, I was very surprised I, by that response. I was surprised about that, too. I did not remember that that's how that turned out. But yeah, I was impressed with David in that moment. Yeah, very Michael Scott when Jan is yes. trying to get him to speak against the company and he won't do it. Yeah, so he won't. No, he's loyal to the company. All right. <laughs> yes. Little scene between Brandon and Professor Randall where he's like, oh, you met my wife. You guys worked out together. And uh, she likes you. You should come over for dinner. There, Brandon's uh -huh. like, okay. But so. Brandon, okay, two things. First of all, Brandon is wearing a necklace that makes me want to throw up. He I don't know if you saw it. It was like- episode. I hate it. It's like I, a, it's, it's it not too. a, it's not a long necklace. It's not a choker, but it's straddling a real gross line between choker and long necklace. And then what is it like little tiny shells, whatever it is. I hate it. It's like beads. I don't know. I he, just he want that to be on the record. He wore it the whole episode and I was like, I guess this is Brandon's new look. This like. It was just particularly surfing. noticeable this last scene for whatever reason. My other point about this uh cory randall is like so i hear you met my better half and brandon's like whoa uh what and he's like lucinda and brandon's like lucinda and i'm just like Does no ring a bell? no this is a mistake that you're making just admit it you know but but to act like he doesn't even know her now if if more comes out he can't even he's already lied to him you know what i mean it's just i felt like that was a real big blunder on brandon's part to pretend like he didn't even realize real dumb yeah. I do not trust Lucinda inviting oh, Brandon no. over to dinner. No. I think no, that's no. a that's a real scary move. Seems like she's trying to get like a almost seems like a three way kind of situation. Whoa. Whoa. Maybe, uh, Imagine maybe... how pervy that conversation would yeah. be, right? <laughs> all innuendo. Yeah. All the time. So the next scene is back at the construction site. Brenda goes to see Stuart, who is like, where have you been? We've been so worried about you. 
And then she has this whole speech about how she doesn't want anything that doesn't belong to her. Probably a prenup is not a bad idea, but that she hated being blindsided by finding it the way that she did. This is this is a scene in which I found Stewart's responses to be compelling because he doesn't try to like I feel like the classic move for for him to be like, let's just calm down, just calm down with all those feelings you're having. But he just kind of takes it and he's like, I'm you're right. I'm sorry. You know, and he says that he was like weak about it, that he was scared. I thought in this moment, all of his responses were good. Yeah, I agree. He he let her talk and handled yeah. the responses well and cop to it the fact that like he handled it like an idiot you know i found yeah. that kind of refreshing it was so open about it yeah so she then hands him the prenup she signed it got yeah. notarized you did. it's all good to go so all is forgiven and he says <laughs> in yep. six months i'm tearing this up i don't care what my father says uh-huh so they're not getting married i think we both i think we both know we're not we're not seeing a you're wedding. you're on record for saying no wedding is going to happen. That is my guess. We're not making okay. it to a wedding. All right. All right. At Kelly Donna Davis, this is the last scene. David comes back from the deposition very upset. Yeah. And Kelly is. I, she's not handling this well either. She's just trying to be like super cash about it. She's like, hey, yeah. we're heating up some lasagna my mom made. If yeah. you want some, and he's like, yeah. I'd rather starve than eat something your mother made. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. So, so intense. I loved it. <laughs> he talks about like how Mel was crying by the end yeah. of the deposition and your wow. mother did this and um, you need to shut up before I say something I'm going to regret. <laughs> and uh, Kelly just is like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm going to go yeah. with my mom. Yeah goodbye and so then donna you know is trying to be between this is all donna does in this episode she's just like trying to keep the two of them together we're we're kind of back to season one donna where she just is like in the back of kelly's car being like (laughs) yeah that's pretty much the extent of her character at this point so uh she tries to then talk to david and is like she didn't mean what she said and he's like if you're gonna take her side why don't you leave too but then they end up hugging and he's like crying. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Is he addicted to drugs? We don't know. I don't know. We I don't know. know. Though I did think when that when the process server showed up, Jerry, I kind of thought that was a drug related situation. Oh yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. When like Jerry showed up. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm gonna give I'm gonna give uh MVP of this episode to Brian Austin Green. Oh yeah. I think he had a lot of I think he had a lot of solid acting choices, especially the the crying turn in the end. I think as we've seen from Jason Priestley, going for the cry is not always the right choice, <laughs> yes. but I felt like I felt like old bag here did a nice job with it. So yeah. I, I think I think his acting was on point the whole episode. Kendra, what was your 90210 snap? I think Oh, there were there were several snappy moments. I think I might get I, to finding out that she was married to Professor Randall. Oh, okay. Either that or I think the, or I the deposition go. scene. Yes. I think I have to go with Mel's outburst of like, you tell her that I'm the greatest father in the world, Damon. <laughs> I thought that was pretty intense. That yeah. was pretty intense. So that that is my that is my moment. Uh verdict, Kendra? Thumbs up, thumbs down. I thought this was a good episode. I think yeah. um people aren't getting equal time 
but like Andrea, Andrea didn't have anything in last episode. Yeah, Steve Andrea didn't Donna. have anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like what's happening, but I think it is being <laughs> well, like it's, it's presented not in a bad, it's not badly yeah. filmed. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's drama. Oh, I do. Which is why, which is and why I we're here. Like, yes. And I feel like, like my point with Steve last week, where all we saw was him just kind of showing up at the party. I would rather have the characters show up in places that logically make sense than have them just be absent because they don't have a storyline. So like if it was, we don't have Andre at all for the episode or she's hanging out with the, with the pals at the peach pit, I would rather have that. So I think they are, I think it's a fine line between sidelining people too much and, you know, focusing on the bigger stories. But at this point I'm, I'm giving them a little leeway because I feel like the things that they are keying up i'm very into the brenda stewart storyline yeah i've got to say and i'm excited to see where it goes and i'm also i mean i am kind of interested in the in the in the whole jackie mel david kelly situation as well i feel like that is a, that's kind of an interesting thing yeah um I, there's nothing here that i was really like i don't care about this like i was pretty on board for all the things that happened like like you said most of the things that are happening are not things that I want to happen. But um, no, I feel like we're in a good zone. I really do. I feel like I feel like we've set up a lot of stories now that we can kind of pop in and out of them because we didn't have a Kelly John scene in this, correct? Mm -hmm. They were never together. No. But that's still something that's sort of percolating and we're seeing it from other sides. So I think structurally, the show is pretty strong in this moment. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, Kendra, outside of the Radio Meanwhile Network, you can find me over on How's Things, the official podcast and radio show of the David A. Howe Public Library. You can find that at soundcloud.com slash allthebooks or anywhere you get your podcasts. I have an interview that I'm very excited about that I'm going to tell you about right here, right now, Kendra. I just interviewed Don Daneman, who is the lead singer of the band The Circle, the big band in the 60s. Uh, their hit Red Rubber Ball was written by Paul Simon. They toured with the Beatles and, you know, just like hanging out backstage, playing cards with Paul McCartney and John Lennon. John Lennon named the circle. They were managed by Brian Epstein, who managed the Beatles. It was a really interesting interview. Um, I like that band anyway, but also getting some of that like little like firsthand Beatles factoids was also very fun. So you can that check that so out cool. over on. Yeah, you can check that out over on House Things. What about you, Kendra? What are you up to? I'm Miss Musicbox91 on social media. I have a website, MissMusicbox.com, where I make t-shirts and all sorts of other things. Um, and I'm also the co-host of the podcast 90s Music Got Me Like, where each week we look at a 90s song. Uh, and uh, if you're listening to this on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, hop on over to uh, 90s Music Got Me because we covered Will Smith's Will 2K just for the new year. Oh, my gosh. So... Perfect time. Yeah. I love I love thematically seasonal episodes yes. of podcast. I know Kendra. you do. I know you do. Always have always have, always will. Nick, so I've never been I'm glad. so happy for a year to be over. Amen to that. And I Kendra. feel like Amen when we I know this that. is, you know, gonna date this episode, but I feel like yeah. when twenty nineteen ended, everyone was like, That yeah. was the worst year ever. Hey, it's twenty twenty. And now yeah. we're all just like making yeah, it was a the year. And... Real hold my beer kind of situation for 2020 <laughs> there, wasn't it? Yes, yep. it was. Yeah, yeah, cheers. Uh, join us next week as we continue our 90210 discussion with episode number 10, And Did It My Way. I did it my 902, and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like the song. It's nice. <laughs>